This is Mind the Gap, brought to you by Calgary First Church of the Nazarene. We welcome you into a deeper discussion about current issues that divide us. After the episode, go to firstnas.ca slash podcast to continue the conversation. Now, let's step off the pulpit and into the pews. As a heads up, this is part two of the conversation about culture. I would encourage you to take a listen to the first part um, to give you some context about what we're, we're talking about today. And we're going to be discussing more practical ways of how we live out our lives as Christians uh, in the broader culture. Enjoy. Given that we are in a post-Christian um, culture now, I think this is very different than the context, maybe, Brian, that, that you grew up in in 1950. Um, how do we as Christians live in the world, but not of the world? What does that look like practically? I mean, I, I think it is, to begin with, I think it is important to do to, to engage because, and this kind of goes back to a calling as disciples and uh, as disciple makers, but also as uh, sort of this idea of, you know, um, you know, in Jesus's farewell discourses in John and, and throughout his ministry as well, he, he kind of has this like interesting kind of tie back to this, this theme of temple, right? Like the, the temple you sort of see in the Genesis story at the beginning of the creation story, uh, creation was God's temple, uh, you know, that is, that is ruined by, by Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve's disobedience. And so then the temple becomes Israel becomes the temple where God, where God dwells amongst his people. And there is the physical temple, the tabernacle where, right. where he dwells. Right. Uh, and then Israel's failure sort of uh, to, 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 to be holy and to, to, to be the, that sort of the, the, the movement of God's temple out into the world uh, sort of precipitated the move towards, you know, Jesus coming and the, and the, and the physical temple actually being destroyed. Uh, and then this, this whole movement of like, okay, uh, Jesus, you know, dying on the cross, and then His Spirit, like the, the Holy Spirit, actually dwelling in each of us as as we believers, so that we are all the temple. Exactly. Like, so, I mean, the church is a temple, but the church isn't like not the building, but like the believers right. as as a community and as individuals. Like, we are all temples. Uh, like, we're all like you know, mini temples out and about in our in our communities. And so, as temples, like temples being the place where heaven and earth uh, are meant to sort of be coming together uh, and this place where we can model what like a kingdom life and what heaven on earth kind of looks like by, I think by default involves being engaged with, with, with the culture and the world yes. and what's going on. So yes. you have to, like, you have to be able to be, be to, to, to be in, uh, to be in the world in that sense. But so it's, so it's not the sense of like separating yourself from it. Uh, but it's being able to sort of hold those those two pieces together, right? Like yes. we are in the world, but as temples, we're also not uh, of the world in the sense mm. that we we sort of wow. give into this the same way of engaging with yeah. with 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 the world as as everyone else does. As temples, we're meant to be modeling that that difference of like that the oh. kingdom life, right? I love that, Shamal. <laughs> and right, yeah. and so and so we. And so it is important that we that we do engage with with the world and we engage with content, uh, but but we but we need to actually see it as almost as like a missional calling, right? Like as as missionaries, like mm. if you are a missionary, when you go to 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 a new setting, 
like you do your, I mean, good, like, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're serious as a missionary, like you do your groundwork, you do research, you spend time learning the language of the culture that you're going to, you spend time learning about the customs of these people that you're going to be serving and working in. And then you go in and, and, and you know, you don't go in and then trying to impose sort of your way of doing things like you sort of go in and you try and figure out, okay, how do these people live and sure. how can I sort of work into their rhythms? Yep. And then kind of move with them and speak in a way that they understand, communicate in a way that they understand. But That's also, how fruitful do... missionaries do it. No, absolutely, right. And so, right. I think all of us as temples out there, like we're like, it is like part of the missional calling is is understanding uh, the culture and the space that we're existing in and the communities that we're existing in. Uh, and so, we do have to engage, but see it as like a missional, um, as part of uh, do it as missionaries. So, in that sense of like. We are we are engaging, but we're also doing it with a, with a certain oh. movement, which is kind of modeling and ultimately living out that kingdom life. Uh, so to be able to 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 draw people to, you know, this different way of being. I think I think you just said something really significant. I think that we thought that the way that we engage is through politics, like that kind of engagement. So whether we're you know casting our ballot you know, in the voting booth, whether it's running for office, whether it's writing letters to our MLA or, you know, whatever, but, but or, or signing a petition or, you know, but those are ways of doing it, but that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about more of a missional approach. And if, if I'm understanding you, you're saying that we look, so the world is our mission field and we are here as missionaries. And so we need to exegete our culture, right? We need to understand what's going on but for but for the purpose of our mission of making christ-like disciples to make disciples of the nations but there's a different mentality there right there's a different spirit you're not saying we don't engage politically i but i think you're saying but there's a different mindset that maybe than what we're seeing in our world today absolutely i mean everything we do whether it is engaging politically whether it is um, like what of our vocational calling is, right? Like whether you're an accountant, um, um, you know, which, you know, filling out spreadsheets, or like whatever it is that accountants do. <laughs> <laughs> like you whatever know, do, do. like like doing, do. like like doing like administering you know administering holding systems together right uh accounting widgets whatever it is right whether you're a pastor whether you're a vocational pastor right. whether you're an engineer whether you're a, a sanitation engineer a sanitation worker uh, whether you're a house cleaner like whatever you do like all of those things need to be seen as like as as temples uh, out there like it is part of our missional sort of yeah. missional engagement is our vocational calling so whatever we do not only do not only do we do it in such a way so that we can let our light so shine before men so they may see our good works and yeah. give glory to our father in heaven so do it really well yeah. but we also uh see it as an opportunity to be able to model you know different ways of being so like when we're engaging politically can we engage in such a way that uh shows that like like we're not uh, coming from a place of fear, first of all, right? Yeah. So I'm speaking to this particular time and th this particular age right. and time that we're in right now, uh, engaging politically in a missional manner, I think, is would be coming from a place of love. Like, can we can yes. we actually do so in a way that shows that, hey, you know, I, I don't agree with you. Uh, and in fact, I might really strongly disagree with you. 
but I still see you as as uh, as a, as God's creation, as someone who's oh, being yeah. created in God's sure. image. Absolutely. Uh, so I mean, you know, like like you know, someone like Donald Trump, like you know, I, I disagree incredibly yeah. strongly with 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 a lot of the ways he does things, mm-hmm. his policies, his mm-hmm. character, like much of what he does, I I, mm-hmm. I do not agree with at all. Yeah. But at the same time, I need to be able to see him as like he is created in God's image as well. That's right. Uh, and and so I need to. I need to be able to treat him and engage with him, whether it's, you know, yep. however far it might be yep. as someone who is, is an image bearer of God and who has worth because of that intrinsically uh, and who God loves and, and yep. wants to, that's right. To, to, to bring to him as well. Right? So. What a different attitude. Like you said, instead of being marked by fear, we're marked by love. And I thought about this. I thought, um, cause we all know people that uh, are not Jesus followers. Right. And if we were to ask them, and I don't, I'd like to start at, maybe I should ask my neighbors and stuff. When you hear the word Christian or evangelical Christian, what descriptor comes to mind? Would love be the one that comes to mind? There are people who love, they just love God and they love their, they love mankind. They love, I mean, I don't know that that would be top of the list or even near the top at this point. Last question, as Christians, what do we have to offer to the wider culture around us? Well, you know, I think, first of all, I want to use the, uh, the term that Shamal used. I think we have to model God's um, kingdom culture, the, the Jesus culture. I think we need to model that. I think that's our first priority, I believe, is to model it. So we need to be the church to be the bride without spot or wrinkle to to be his flock his temple his body whatever metaphor you want to use i think we just need to be the authentic church that is characterized by love because he said by this john 13 34 and 35 by this all men will know you are my disciples if you have loved one for another right uh father john 17 verses 20 to 23 he says uh, he, when he's praying in the high priestly prayer and he said, may they be bound together in perfect unity. Father, as I am in you and you are me, you are in me. May they be in us and may they be bound together in perfect unity so that the world might believe. That's what he says. May they be bound together in perfect unity so that the world might believe. How's the world going to believe when they see the unity and the love, you know, and John wrote that just John 17, John 13, he talks about love. That's how they'll know us. John 17, they'll know our witness is true when they see our unity. And so that goes together. So I feel like the modeling, um, and then I want to use the metaphor of light. So then we are a city on a hill and our light is shining in the community. And so we're, people are drawn to that light. They're drawn like a moth to the light. They're drawn to the light. The other metaphor of salt, my understanding, Shamal, of the salt is that salt is a preservative. And so the idea is the salt, that's how they would preserve like the fish, the meat and the, they put it in the fish, the meat into the brine, the salty fluid, and then the salt would fill, would go in and, and it would preserve the meat. But the salt was not changed in its composition, but it did preserve the meat. And so I feel like as culture, we are embedded into the culture. We're rubbing shoulders with unbelievers all the time in the workplace, in the neighborhoods, everything, everywhere. We're not changed by the culture, 
but we change the culture by influence just by our testimony and then people get curious they ask questions we say hey why don't you come to church so there's an incarnational element where we're engaging in the neighborhoods where we live work and play but then there's the attractional component where if they're curious that we've raised their curiosity then we say well why don't you come and come take a visit come into our community and they come to the light so you know, then they say, wow, you guys are different. This is great. I want to be a part of this community. So that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, I'll, I'll add, I'll sort of j jump on the, the salt piece there as well. Uh, and um, I, I really like the, you know, there's this image of the New Jerusalem coming down. Yeah. And this new Jerusalem is this, you know, wonderful place where God is present. He's there with his people and the people are constantly praising him. And, uh, you know, streets are paved with, you know, all this great stuff. But what also was striking to me when I read this recently was that there's a river, like there's a river that flows out of this new Jerusalem and it goes out to the nations. Yeah. Um, and and that that image is, I mean, compelling in and of itself in that, like, you know, streams of water coming out of yes. uh, out of this the bride of Christ uh, yes. and, and watering people and the nations around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so it's sort of like, you know, you, you are like going back to the idea of like culture care, like you are take, like you are providing care and, and, and you are being compelling outside of like, yeah. you know, certain settings. But I mean, that's also, and, and that, that image is, is not just revelation, it's an Ezekiel as well, right? Like it, this idea of like rivers of living water flowing out of like the bride of Christ. Ezekiel 44. There yeah. you go. Mr. Yeah. You must be a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but, but, you know, and so uh, uh, the, 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 that I think is as, as a church, like uh, as, as, as a people of God, like what we, what we call, and I'm just going to be extending on what, what Brian said here. Uh, you know, being, being Jesus's presence wherever we are. And uh, actually, uh, you know, theologian N.T. Wright uses this, um, uses the language of like a metaphor of angled mirrors. Yeah. He said, you know, as, 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 as Christ's body, as the church, we are sort of like angled mirrors, which kind of goes all the way back to sort of our mandate, the creation mandate to human beings to be, to be both priests Mm -hmm. uh, as well as co-rulers with Christ. Yes. So as, as priests, we reflect God's glory. Uh, sorry, as, 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 as co-rulers, we reflect God's glory out to the world in the way we sort of go about our vocations and the way we go about our callings. Uh, and so whatever we are called to, whether it's being an accountant or a pastor or urban planner, that's what the three of us do, uh, you know, we're all called to be embracing that role as, as core rulers in that, like we're reflecting God's glory into that, into the, the roles that we're doing uh, and, 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 and bringing his glory to bear in, in doing, I mean, not just doing what we do well, uh, but doing it in such a way that it uh, upholds kingdom values uh, yeah. and, and, and is winsome and inviting to people. Right. Uh, as just as an example. Yes. Uh, and, and even when he goes against maybe some of the, you know, wider cultural mores or so on, uh, whether it's as accountant, when you're, you know, called to fudge, maybe your, your boss wants you to flub a few lines here and there to cook the books uh, to make things look better. Like, you know, not doing that as, you know, as an example. And my dad, who's an accountant, actually 
you know, true story actually faced those those situations in, wow. in his workplace. The temptation. Yeah. Yeah, temptation to do that too, you know, and to move up the ladder, right? Yeah. Um, and and so, you know, that that that's one piece of that angle of mirror, reflecting God's glory out into the world. But then the 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 piece of being priests, our priestly role is uh, is reflecting the glory of God's created good good creation back to God as well. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, throughout the Bible, I mean, I've been reading through Psalms as well. Like you see this everywhere. Like creation is constantly praising God, right? Yes. Um, and uh, um, and so how do we as, as as priests like what does it mean to like reflect that worship back to god like the glory of creation and this is where like good art and good literature and good like what we call cultural industries uh play such a vital role but i think all of us play play a role in in sort of the way we go about because we're all worshipers as well mm-hmm. so how do we reflect the goodness and and uh the the praise of creation and our own praise uh, back to God in, in such a way that, that adequately glor- glorifies him without just sort of putting ourselves at the center of all of this stuff. Yes. Uh, and so I think like th- that's sort of a bit of like a bird's eye sense, like what it means to kind of li- live out uh, our lives in, in culture as, as Christians. Um, and then uh, I think the second piece that I want to mention is that, and this is jumping off something, you, something one of the big points you made, Brian, earlier on about being uh, sort of focusing primarily your, your, your sort of your maybe your criticism and your, 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 your sort of push to change within the church uh, and I resonate with that because I mean I, I would like that that's where I would focus a lot of my critique would be within within the body that that, that I'm a part of right now but because right. because we're the people who like we should be knowing like, we should know better and so yeah. uh, and to whom much is given much is expected and much has and been that- given to us as, right. as the body of Christ, and so much yeah. is expected of us, and so you know that would that would actually be where I turn a lot, lot more of my critique towards, in terms of, uh, you know, are, are we are we sort of living up to our call? Are we abiding mm. by you know, for example, I love Philippians four eight, right? Uh, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is yep. just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Like, is that the sort of way we? Is that the sort of way we live and interact with with, with each other in our culture? Like, uh, and that's almost like a like a yardstick for me as well. Of like, yeah, you know, what is what is what is like Jesus culture and what isn't? Yes. Uh, and Amen. and then in terms of you know calling, you know, our, 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 the, the the church of faithfulness as well. I think you know so much of what we see in sort of our, our church context, and I'm not necessarily you know first Naz per se, but like just you know the widest evangelical yeah. church context right. in general is. Like I just see, it seems so much to come down to like a violation of the first two commandments. Uh, and what Jesus pointed out is a summary of the law and prophets, right? You know, love God with all our hearts, soul, and mind and love our neighbor as ourself. And yet we see, you know, the, so the first, that first thing of like, you know, loving, loving God with all our hearts, soul, and mind speaks to, 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 to idolatry. Mm-hmm. But if we, if, if we look at a lot of our issues, uh, it's you know the capture so the the cultural capture of our of our church which is which all sort of leads back to this um, obsession mm. with the self right we're putting ourselves at the at the, at the center of everything like interesting what is, what is most appealing to me what uh, yeah you know like what what do I like what resonates with me what feels good for me what is good for my family so you know? God's not on uh, the throne then. We are no, not really like we are right. the throne. And so like, right. and so even just this idea of just church, church shopping, right. Which was a term mm-hmm. that was, mm-hmm. that was big when I was, 
you know, in my in my twenties, maybe this idea of like, oh, are you going to be like, I'm going church shopping? Like, I just find that so grating and so yeah. counter to what we're called. Yeah, like, it, it, like church is not something you shop for. It's not like a like the church is not a body of like religious goods and services that you go to consume. Uh, and my tithes are not something that I pay in order. To, I'm not like yeah. paying you to like provide me with services. And so it's not like I'm, I'm coming to a church with like a checklist of like, well, is there, you know, uh, are there, you know, ministries in here that meet my particular needs, right? Whatever those bespoke needs might be. Uh, like, uh, like uh, that's, that's so yeah. what I call to as the body of Christ. Uh, and so uh, a lot of my issues, I think, kind of spiral out of that, right? Uh, that obsession with self then, which leads to, you know, consumerism, extreme individualism, factionalism, tribalism, any of these isms that you want to talk about, uh, which then kind of, you know, connects up to that lack of neighbor love as well, which kind of, you know, we can add a whole bunch of other isms to that racism, sexism, uh, nationalism, like all of those things yep. are connected to uh, not loving God uh, and um, idolatry of self that follows yep. naturally as right. part of that. Right. And then not loving the neighbor as yourself. And so, wow. Um, if that's part of the cultural capture you're talking about. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And so, right. I, so, I mean, I think, yeah, those would be sort of my, two strands of, of kind of being in action mm. in terms of culture. Wow. It, what you said, though, about the idolatry there, that's pretty subtle, I think, because I, I would say that uh, if Christians are being, are guilty of that, um, they probably wouldn't be aware that they're doing that. You know, it's not like, okay, I've got a little, I've got a little Buddha or something, or I've got some kind of a little idol image physically sitting up on my shelf and I bow down and pray to it. You know, it's more subtle than that. Right. Uh, but I've got me at the center. Right. Um, and or even, uh, even more subtle than that. I have my family at the mm. center or my, you know, if mm. it's not God. Yeah. I'm yeah. a marriage. Sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, so it's kind of interesting um, that, so I was just, in terms of our influence on the culture, because I really came to that, like Matthew 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, where uh, salt and light, you know, and uh, I was thinking about like the salt is us being embedded in culture and there's sort of a sense of going out into the culture incarnationally. And the light was a bit more of a passive, like the light shines and we're on a hill and people are drawn to the light, you know, so one sort of a we're both passive witness and we're active witness. So I read this just today. So one understanding of Israel was that there's a centripetal force and there's also a centrifugal force. The centripetal is basically is we're trying to bring all the nations to the center, which is Mount Zion. So we are the center of worship. We are the center of God's activity in the world. What our, what our responsibility to culture, to the nations is, is to bring them to the center, to be so attractive that they come to the center. And then they will come to a place where we will then instruct them and give them God's revelation. The other view is that Israel was established to be a centrifugal force where we go out from the center into the nations to bring the message to them, you know, in a more proactive, active sense, rather than passively sitting there and inviting them to come to us, we go out to them. And that's really what we see, I think, with Jesus, you know, like my understanding of the Great Commission is, 
go and make disciples. You know, so, so basically all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, as you're going, basically as you're going out, make disciples of the ethnic, the ethnic, all the ethnicities of the world. And then we see that really happening with Paul, like with his three missionary journeys. So it's interesting that there's been so much debate about the place of Israel because Abraham, Genesis 12, verse one, you know, uh, I will bless you and make you a blessing, right? Uh, and, and, you know, it's your seed didn't just mean the descendants of Abraham, the physical descendants, it, mean, it meant Christ. And we are his, he was the seed who then through him, all the nations now are blessed. That's what we find in Galatians. And so I think in a sense, Israel was both had the, the centrif centripetal and the centrifugal. It had both. It had the idea that people are invited to come to our light, but we're also to go out incarnationally. And I think there's both. I, I don't even think we can pick one or the other. But and I think that's where the influence, like, I. by the way, you talked about your question, Ryan, should, are we called to control, dictate, or change culture? Um, I would say we're not called to control it, to dictate, or to change it, but we're called to influence it. If, if I was to choose my language, I would say my language would be the language of influence. Um, whether it's, yeah, either way, like I just say, whether they come to us or whether we go to them, but I think we have to do both. Yeah, no, totally. And I mean, and that's, that's what we saw. I mean, you mentioned this, like you saw, saw this with Paul and, and, the, and the apostles as well, right? Like they, they were going out on their missionary journeys to people, yeah. but right. they, every, they, every other went, they would establish the community, uh, right. and the church. And so there is like the going out and then like the calling in uh, within those places, within those sort of right. geographical locations as well. Uh, and but then like this the thing was we're all we're all part of the the family of Christ we've all been adopted into it Amen. Jew or Gentile um, yeah I mean going back to that even that 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 old hymn right in Christ there is no east or west in him no oh yeah earth. yeah but you know that hymn <laughs> yeah yeah just sing it in church that's great. Thanks for listening. I hope you had a good time and maybe even learned or were challenged by something. We know there's so much more to cover and acknowledge there are many other great perspectives and questions out there and want to hear from you. Go to firstnaz.ca slash podcast. Click on the episode and scroll down to the bottom. You can leave a comment or question there or send us an email at mindthegap at firstnaz.ca. Now, let's go make Christ-like disciples with a heart for God and passion for people.